Amen. Amen. Guys, have a seat. How's everybody this morning? Man, we need some enthusiasm in here now. Come on. How are we doing this morning? Come on. Hey, uh, that's awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, we did decide in the first service uh, that the name of the band is Kaboom. Is that right? Did I get that correct? Is that correct? Because it left with Kaboom. Um, guys, if you're not familiar with uh, the inner workings of our church, I want to tell you, give you a little bit of what I get to look at each week. Um, if you're fans of Saturday Night Live at all, I get this note. Gooch, I still got it on here if you're here. But it says, you are good enough, you are smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. Isn't that awesome? Still there, man. After all year. It wound up there one day. I'm not putting, I'm not taking that off. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But everybody all right this morning? Yep, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I'm Casey, one of the pastors here at New City Church. Hope everybody is, is good, uh, doing well. Doing, I, I think that's improper English. You should be doing well, not good. Is that right? Is that what I'm here? Okay. What's that? Yeah, uh, Superman does good. We are just doing well. Okay, cool, cool. So I just want to make sure I, I, I say things properly because we're such a proper church, yeah. So, yeah, but I was like, yeah, right. We've been here a few times, pal. Uh, we don't think so. So, man, man, welcome everybody. Good to see everybody back. Before we get started, wanted to, uh, if you haven't met my, my father, Carol, is, uh, if you want to introduce yourself to him and everything like that, um, if you're wondering why I am the way I am, it's his fault. So that's cool, but uh, the guys traveled from Georgia. <laughs> what? Yeah. They're like, yeah, thanks a lot, pal. No. That's right. <laughs> My sister Kathy is in the house as well. My sister Tina is in the house. And as always, my smoking hot wife, Judy, is in the house. Um, so that's totally, totally awesome. So, yeah, if you guys would, they travel from Georgia, what, is it 13 hours or something like that? You drove, it, you drove up 13 hours or something like that? 13, 14 hours on Friday. And, uh, man, so they are heading out in the morning first thing. So we are, gosh, it's just great to see. I don't get to see these guys, but like every, I don't know, maybe we saw you at the wedding for Morgan's wedding, but man, but every couple of years or so. So it's just, man, it's just awesome to have you guys, have you guys here for sure. So, but we are uh, going through the, uh, the, the book of Acts. Before we do that, I do want to uh, let you know kind of an update on a couple of quick things. Uh, um, Mama Helen's house is getting put back together pretty good. We need good guys that or gals that know how to mud and tape now. So uh, we want to take, if you guys don't know, Helen has been here for 33 or 34 years, something like that. Um, and somebody came in and tore up uh, like her house, took her paneling down and stuff, was going to finish the job and was not able to finish it. So she was just kind of left with a huge mess. So we're helping out. We're kind of working in-house a little bit. We'll continue to bless the community to what we can do and that kind of thing. But the month of July, we're sort of looking at it going, we're going to be uh, helping one another in, in-house for just a little bit because we got some folks that need some help. So we're going to do that. Also, um, just want to let you know, we've taken a couple of months off from things like City Walk. So if you have never been through what's called City Walk, City Walk is our introduction to New City Church. Uh, Judy and I, after Sunday service, will uh, we'll host a, a lunch for you. It's free lunch, that kind of thing, and uh, talk to you about why this crazy church is in existence and why we uh, call ourselves uh, New City Knuckleheads. So we don't, but until today. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but it's uh, but it's a it's a fun time. We got a lot coming on. We got to have another surf Saturday coming up in August. Lots of things going on. So wanted to uh, just kind of make sure you are aware of what's happening. 
So we are, in the, we are right now going through the book of Acts, and if you don't know why this is uh, such a great, great, I mean an awesome, wonderful thing to go through, because this is something that we can learn what the early church was like, and if it was an early church that was filled with the Holy Spirit, people filled with like the Spirit of God, and they did church the way they did church, we could probably learn a few things, amen, about how, to, how we're supposed to be doing this type of thing. So the, uh, let's just a quick review. The author is, who, who said Luke? God? Yeah, God. God. Who did God use to write the book of Acts? Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. Uh, Luke is writing to a guy, if you, and we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second, but to a guy named uh, Theophilus, who is probably a very prominent, important person, maybe somebody who is funding mission work for these guys, maybe somebody who is a prominent person in Jerusalem, not really sure. Uh, maybe somebody who's in Antioch, but not again, not really sure. It doesn't ultimately really necessarily matter, but what matters is that, that, that Luke is writing both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts as an investigative report. What he does is he goes through and he goes and interviews people, say, tell me what you saw, tell me what it was like, tell me what you, you remember. And so he was able to write down the Gospel of Luke, which is an awesome Gospel, totally like different details because he goes and talks to different people. I mean, can you imagine going and talking to Mary, Jesus' mom, and say, Mary, tell me about what he was like growing up. And she said, oh, Lord, man, she, man there, was a, there was a time when he, he, we left him and, and left him in town, and he was 12 years old. We thought, oh, we lost him forever. And we go back, and he's just in the, he's in the temple, and he's amazing, these, these scholarly guys, and they're blown, their minds are blown and stuff. Now, you, can, you say, hey, hey uh, James, Jude, fellas, tell me what it was like to, to grow up with Jesus as a, being his brother, right, growing up, and, and what was like? What was he like as a little kid? It's like, man, we hated that guy, right? And can you can you imagine being Jesus' brother, growing up with the perfect sibling, never getting in trouble? It's like, who got their hands in the cookie jar? Well, we know it wasn't Jesus. James, Judas, get in here, right? Or James, Jude, get in here, right? I mean, can you imagine that that kind of that kind of upbringing? That kind of like, man, got the literally the perfect brother and the perfect sibling who never could get in trouble because he was the one that was sinless, never dishonored his mother or father. So the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Acts are both investigative reports. Hey, tell me what it was like early on when you guys first got filled with, what did you do, what happened, type of thing. I love that. This is important because one of the things and one of the mission that we have here at New Cities is that we want to help people unlearn what we think church is supposed to be, what it is and what it is not. See, a lot of people come into the church, we've got a lot of visitors coming in every week, and we got people coming in like, like wondering, hey, I got this preconceived notion about what church is supposed to be. And we want to do what God said churches be, amen? Amen. You guys with me this morning, right? We need some more. We are, we good? All right, cool. So we got to be prepared, right? And have an, have to have an understanding of God's plan for his church so that we can be the church God wants. So let's look into Acts 1 and, and kind of like we review this for the last three weeks. But Acts 1 talks, it kind of introduces the whole book of Acts. And again, I, re I recommend reading Luke and Acts together. They probably were written in succession to one another. But it's an interesting thing. So Acts is, again, this is a, this is a time where Jesus has just stepped into, uh, in, it, uh, basically made himself revealed, right? I mean, you got to understand one thing I love about Jesus is that he did not just come and fulfill a bunch of prophecies and die on the cross 
and then leave the grave empty for us to wonder what happened, right? Like Jesus rose from the dead and walked around with people and talked with people and, and ate with people. He didn't just say, hey, uh, you guys figure it out. I'm God, you're not. Good luck, right? As a matter of fact, what I love about this is that, is that there's so much proof and so much evidence for what we believe. It is astronomical. I mean, even in the, the Islam faith, right? Like you, you read the, the Quran, and I'm not going to quote, quote the Quran. It's not, the, uh, it's not from God or anything like that. People say that it is, but it is not. The Bible, the Old and New Testament, is the full, inspired, inerrant, complete word of God. Amen? And so when we read the Quran, even if you compare Jesus to Muhammad, there is absolutely, I mean, if I was a Muslim, I'd be like, why am I following Muhammad? In the Quran, even, it says Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. Uh, Muhammad had to pray for forgiveness. Jesus was able to do miracles. Muhammad said he would, according to the Quran, said he was not. Uh, Jesus was born of a virgin in the Quran. And, and Muhammad was born of, of regular parents. Jesus' body, they don't believe in the resurrection, but they believe Jesus' body ascended to heaven. Uh, the Muhammad still has a, a grave. I mean, if I'm comparing the two, I'm like, there ain't no comparison, even in the Quran, amen? And so if so, this Jesus, there's something different about it. So this, what we're reading, is an actual account of the first century church post-resurrection when, when Jesus came and revealed himself and, and, and said, hey, I'm here. And this is what the church was like, filled with the Holy Spirit. So with that in mind, man, let's just get into the, into the book, into the letter. In my former book or letter, Theophilus, and I always want to say Theophilus because of Daniel back here because that's his middle name, but it's Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself, listen to this, to them and gave many convincing what? Proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, right? This is not a, a hallucination. It's not an aberration. It's not a, a ghost. It's not anything like that. This, this guy ate with them for 40 days, appeared to 500 plus people said on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized, talking about John the Baptist, baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, I love this question. It just say, just so the denseness, even of the guys, can we think we're dense sometimes now? Even guys that saw him resurrected were still waiting for a political, still waiting for a, uh, a worldly justice type of thing. They gathered around him and said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, uh, are you going to make America great again, Lord? Right? We heard that a lot lately, haven't we? And then this is what they're, they're still kind of stuck. Okay, good. Guys, listen. Here's the deal. I know that there are a lot of social justice issues going on. I know there's social injustices going on. But if we're going to concentrate on those and get mad at those and, and, and all of a sudden our, our church is going to be about righting wrongs in the world, man, we're going to be lost. Because this is, what he, this is what Jesus said. It's almost like there's this McFly. Now, am I saying we need to applaud injustices? Absolutely not. 
But if, as soon as we start focusing on injustices, as soon as we start focusing on sin, as soon as we start focusing on righting wrongs in the world, we are taking our focus off of what? God. And our focus has got to be on him. Our focus has got to be rely on him, filled with the Holy Spirit, showing other people what it means to do that. If we do that, and if we are radically de- departing from the, what the church says it's supposed to be, right, about, it, about justice and righting wrongs and those kinds of things, if we help people understand who God is, and we bring people along with, with us, and we teach them to obey, actually disciple people, what happens to the world? Changes, doesn't it? See, we try to, we try to change behaviors without changing hearts. You can put somebody in jail, right? I mean, we can do that and stop them from, from committing crimes. But does that actually change the, the criminal? Doesn't, does it? Same thing with us. We've got sin. We've got issues. We're born naturally into a jacked up, messed up world. We're fallen. We're headed for hell, straight to hell. I mean, that's what we are until we, that's why we have a Savior, right? That's, that we get to go to heaven. And so when we focus on those kinds of things and we focus on sin, we focus on messed up stuff, man, it, 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 it jacks us up. There are a lot of churches, guys, and a lot of church members, and I know a lot of pastors that will preach against abortion and against homosexuality and against this and against that, right? And against the wrong kind of candidate even, right? You got to vote for this person that does this, does this, does this, does this. And, 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 and I, think, I think Satan and his demons just sit there and they just high-five each other every time it happens, Right? They're like, man, got them again, got them distracted. Man, guess who they're not focusing on? They're not focusing on Jesus. Whoa, we got them. Sounds religious, sounds right, sounds good. But ultimately, it, it is a distraction from, from God himself, amen? Forgot where I am, sorry. He said to them, McFly, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the, to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and, and a cloud hid him from their, their sight. And they were looking intently up in the sky as he was going. I bet they were. <laughs> when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. That probably freaked him out pretty good, right? <laughs> Didn't see you there, guys. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. See, last week we talked about and we went over the truth and the, and the hope that we have in the resurrection and how we're to, to be the church accordingly, that we're to have this different kind of hope that you saw the sign on the, uh, you saw the, the word on the sign, hope, that we're, that, that's something that I mean, we have that nobody else has. Everybody that, that doesn't know Jesus, and a lot of people that think they do know Jesus, have this hope of something happening in the world. Like, like, uh, like if, I could just, if I could just make this amount of money, I could, if I could just do, uh, have this kind of position, if I could just get this kind of job, if I could just have this kind of health, if I could just have this kind of marriage, or have this number of kids, or have this, like I could finally r- reach what I'm looking for. But you know what? There, there's this hope in the, in the world that it, it never fulfills us, does it? It never does. It's, a, it's like there's this, there's this hope that we have that doesn't make sense to the world. Everybody else is trying to clamor for this and clamor for that and trying to get this and trying to get that. And yet, yet we have a hope that doesn't, doesn't make sense to anybody. That's why 
when it says to be prepared to answer the question for the reason for the hope that you have because it should be different than what the rest of the world. As soon as we say Trump's going to bring it or Hillary's going to bring it or Bernie's going to bring it or, oh, we got a third party candidate. He's going to bring it, right? Finally, we're going to restore our hope. We're going to make America great or whatever it is. But we need to understand this is not about this is about a kingdom, not a country. See, this week we're looking at recognizing and living by the truth. Last week we talked about the hope that we have, the truth that was revealed to Jesus, and the hope that gives us. But listen to what John 18 says about this whole idea of truth. This, this, when Jesus was arrested and he had all these uh, mock trials and, and false charges and everything, uh, he was brought to a guy named Pilate, who's one of the political bigwigs of the day in the Roman Empire, and, he's, he's, and, and, and Pilate's trying to get him to say something that he could charge him with, right? Because I can't find anything wrong with this guy. Listen to what he says. Jesus had told him that he's a, not a king of this world. He's a king of, of you know, he's, his kingdom is not of this world. And so Pilate said, oh, finally, because if you can admit them to, they're saying, I'm a king, you can arrest them for, for uh, be, uh, claiming to be something they're not. And he said, so you are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason, listen, man, this is so important. He's going to tell us why he came. You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world, <laughs> like E.F. Hutton, right? The reason I came into the world is to what? Say that again. Test, testify to the truth. Scholars. Continue to say, wonder why Jesus came. Uh, did, did he come to live a perfect life and set an example for us? Did he come to die for our sins? Did he come to, to fulfill prophecy? Did he come to, to rise from the dead? Did he come to do all this? He came and Jesus, and Jesus said, I came for this reason is to testify to the truth. So yes, he did fulfill prophecy to do to testify to the truth. So yes, he did rise from the dead to testify to the truth. So yes, he did seek and save the lost to testify to the truth. Amen? It's an amazing thing. Love this question. I was born and came into the, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate says, what is truth? You ever heard anybody ask that? Like, Truth's all relative. It doesn't really matter. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. As long as your truth doesn't step on my truth, it's all we're all okay, right? But what's my truth says yours is a lie, right? I mean, it's a circular reasoning here, man. It doesn't. And and so they were going through the same thing two thousand years ago. There are all these philosophers like, what's the meaning of life? Where do we come from? What's our purpose? What is truth? And Pilate says, "What is that?" Like, man, I have no idea what that is. See, if the reason Jesus came to if he came to testify to the truth, we need to know what that is, right? We need to understand what truth is. You guys with me? Everybody good? You seem kind of down. You're not down, are you? Everybody good? Everybody cool? You with me? Everybody good? All right. Need more coffee? Coffee's awesome. Look alive, people. We need some enthusiasm. All right. Be able to, being able to spot a lie or false teaching requires us to be, listen, prepared with an understanding of the truth. See, I don't ever want anybody to be concentrating on lies, but I also don't want anybody to be surprised or victimized by them because you didn't know the truth, right? 
Uh, you, you know the cliche about how somebody studies and, and can recognize a counterfeit bill? They don't study all the different kind of counterfeit bills. They don't look at the, well, this bill has this edge, and this bill has this ink, and this bill can do this, and you look up to the light in this bill, and that, you know, that kind of thing. They look at what? The real McCoy. They study it. They study every nuance of it, what it looks like at this angle, that angle, that angle. What does the edge feel like? What does the paper feel like? So that as soon as they see a counterfeit, boom, they can recognize it. The same thing is kind of applied to the, to the truth of, of what we need to understand. Like we need to understand the truth and be able to, to recognize the lies so we can deal with the lies the way God wants us to deal with, the way Christ asks us to deal with it and the way Christ did it. See, focusing on the truth is the only way to handle the lies that are so prevalent in our culture. There's lies coming all over the place, man. And, and here's what I want us to to be thinking about like I used to be the guy and, and I still get kind of fired up with Facebook but some, and I'm just I'm just not as much of a Facebook guy as I I'll, I'll try to put some stuff on there like I used to like a, like a just every once in a while but but I used to be the guy that that would argue about sins in the world like the injustices of the world like somebody would say well I think marriage ought to be like this I'm like oh no Jesus said blah, 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 blah. like all kinds of things right and here's what I would find out I would abortion are you kidding me blah, 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 right Right? Uh, marriage is this. Life is this. Uh, uh, politics is this. Uh, all this kind of stuff. And here's what I would find out. That those who believe like me, more strongly believe like me, and they would say, good job, Casey, man. Way to stand up. And those who didn't believe like me uh, de- unfriended me. Right? And I'd be like, I don't care. Unfriend me. I don't care. Right? That, that, that was, I, I did that. But I ne- here's what never happened. Nobody ever came to know Jesus because I was such a great arguer. And our job is to help people know Jesus, right? Amen? I mean, we got to be thinking like that, man. Maybe may thinking about everything we do, bringing kingdom, bringing prosperity, bringing Christ, bringing people to, to know him, not arguing about sin. See, I never saw Jesus arguing people or trying to trash people, you know, like, like debating people about sins and stuff. Never did that, that I can remember. If you guys correct me on that. If, you, if, I, if I'm wrong in that. But I, I don't remember ever Jesus saying to people, oh, no, 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 life is this and life is that. In fact, Jesus himself said the greatest commandments are to love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. He said all the law and all the prophets hang on those two. Man, I love him for that. But he never got, like, lost the debate either. Now, with religious people, oh, yeah, it was on. But with people that didn't know God, people that were lost, people that didn't have any idea what God, who God is, those who were trashed by the religious establishment, man, he loved them like crazy. I'm sure he ran into people that didn't think like him. In fact, everybody he ran into didn't quite think like him. But I'm sure he, didn't, he ran into people that didn't have a concept or a love at all of God. And yet he didn't coddle them and say, oh, it's okay for you to sin. He just said, hey, God loves you. I can show you, right? Go and sin no more. I don't condemn you, but here's the answer. Man, I love it. Love it. See, here's some things that are lies that in the culture that, man, I, I, I tell you, we, we get so focused on, but here's a lie. And, I, and again, I see, see Satan and his demons just sort of high-fiving each other when these things happen. Anybody ever told yourself, man, like I've done too much for, to be forgiven by God. God hates me. There's no way. I've done, it's just too much, right? Like I, and you don't know what I was like in college, right? And I still don't want to tell you right now, my dad's here. 
But when we say those kinds of things, when we say I can't be forgiven, God will never forgive me for what I've done because he, y'all don't understand, man. It's too much. It's too, man, our, our, our standards become higher than God's. When we start arguing about things like evolution or the new elections, when we start telling ourselves things like, well, I'm really an introvert, so I can't really talk to others about Jesus. I just don't like to talk to anybody. Right? Jesus didn't say, go and make disciples, oh, unless you're an introvert, or go and make disciples, oh, unless you, you know, want to spend time with them, or you know, as long as you're not too inconvenient. See, Jesus handled the truth. He was the most Holy Spirit. Now, man, if you did not hear, uh, you know, I think everybody was invited here this past week to hear a guy named Hugh Halter speak. Whenever we have a new city summit, guys, I want you to jump on it. We get Hugh, we got a guy named Hugh Halter who's a world-renowned author, scholar, speaker, came to New City Church at our Shawnee campus, man, and was able to, man, it blew my mind. Like some of the things he would say, like, like he, he said, you know, Jesus was the most righteous man to ever live, but it was never self-righteous. He was the one who, who, who never sinned, but never condemned anybody for doing it. In fact, the, the scriptures talk about that. Jesus didn't come to, he came to, God it says first, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? But right after that, it says because he didn't come to condemn the world because the world was condemned already. Like, that's our natural path, right? And so Jesus didn't come and, and say to the, uh, the woman caught in adultery, God, you skank, how dare you, right? Man, how, you know better than that girl. Never said anything like that. Man, he knelt down beside her. Said, you see anybody else condemning you? She said, no. Said, neither do I, but go and sin no more. Man, she followed him till she was there at his at his at the cross when he died. It's amazing. It's amazing. Never condemned anybody. So when we start talking about the truth, guys, here's what I want us to do. I want us to recognize it, live by it, love people enough when we meet them, not to try to convert them to our way of thinking, but to love on them enough eat with them enough, party with them enough to the point where, where they, they, you have some credibility to have a conversation with them. Now, if the Holy Spirit says, immediately go talk to this person over here, go do it. But, but many times, this cold calling thing is, is such a weird thing. If somebody says, if you want to make somebody uncomfortable, go to somebody you don't know and say, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Now, if the Holy Spirit says, go, go, but you're going to have an awkward conversation and say, man, you don't even know me, right? Amen, you catch what I'm saying on this? Like, like, develop a relationship. Love on people, man. It's real hard to be persecuted when you're not a, a wag job, right? It's real hard to be persecuted when somebody, uh, when you're, you're serving somebody. It's real hard for somebody to say, you're just a weird Jesus freak. Why don't you go sing your hymns and your Bibles when you're washing their feet or washing their car or mowing their yard or bringing them food when they're hungry or helping them out when they're in a, in a, in a, in a desperate situation? It's real hard for people to, to be persecuted and laughed at and ridiculed when you are serving them, right? That's why we serve others. That's why we are you know, engaged in our community. Not so that people can go, man, you guys are a good church. But so that people can come and know Christ. So I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to finish with 2 Timothy. This is a letter that Paul, who was a... Who, who, Luke walked with, and Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and he wrote letters to churches and letters to, to individuals. And this is, happens to be a young pastor named Timothy that Paul wrote this to. 
And I love this because this is something we can learn from. And what does it mean to, to actually be the kind of church we're supposed to be? But listen to what he said to, Tim, second, to, to Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 14. Talking about dealing with false teachers. And we've had false teachers even in our town. How do we deal with them? Here's what he says. Because we've had the debates about what do we do with false teachers? And what do we, how do we treat them? Do we, do we love on them? Do we do this, that, and the other? And, and guys, here, here's the deal. When, when somebody is pulling you or any of you away from Christ, man, uh, that's when it makes a hair on my neck, back of my neck stand up. I'm not going to be loving to somebody. I'm going to love somebody, but it's not going to look like, oh, it's okay, you know. But when somebody's lost, Man, it's totally different. Listen to what he says. Verse 14, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter. Facebook. You didn't say avoid Facebook. You said avoid godless chatter on Facebook. Yeah. Don't preach against Facebook. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Man, that's, that's nasty. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus. Assuming that's how you pronounce those. But he calls him out nonetheless by name. This guy's not playing, right? Yeah, don't, don't, don't have any, yeah. Uh, the, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place. And that, in essence, they didn't believe in, in a resurrection for us. It's a, it's a past thing, right? And they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. Listen, the Lord knows who are his. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Man, I know we get, you know, like engaged in all kinds of stuff, but I want to know if we're pre-trib, pro-trib, all this kind of, all the signs of the end times, I want to study that. Actually, Matt Miller, in the last week's message in Shawnee, talked quite a bit about, about some of that. And those things are awesome, and they're interesting to know that they, we know we're in like the last days. The signs are here, right? Blood moons happening recently all on jewish holidays that should freak us out right in a great way because we know the lord's coming the reestablishment of israel coming man awesome earthquakes wars rumors of wars everybody's like man if you're a christian we're like Woo-hoo! let's go right and people are like y'all are weird why do you have the hope that you have right weirdos in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver silver but also of of wood and clay Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness. See, it doesn't say just stop doing stuff. I love that. He says pursue righteousness. Don't just stop. Pursue God. Faith and love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, Casey. I mean, 
because you know they produce quarrels. I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So we cannot be a disciple as if we do not know the truth. Because a disciple teaches others to obey. Not just put somebody in a Bible study. Or not just teaches somebody the Bible. But actually says, hey, this is how we obey God. And we must know the truth in order to help others. Help to, to be able to teach others to obey. But mark this, 2 Timothy 3. There will be terrible times in the last days. See if this doesn't sound familiar. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, but call things bad that are good, call things good that are bad, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. How many people justify their sin and throw a little God spin on it and say, I think God wants me to have nothing to do with such people. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about believers that claim to know God that don't follow him. You ever, that, 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 that's heavy, isn't it? Have nothing to do with it. Somebody says, yeah, I'm a, I'm a follower of God, everything like that. Man, I have, I have, this is where I get, fired up because people that know God that don't do what God says to do it's hard enough to evangelize it's hard enough to talk to people it's really hard when somebody's talked to somebody else that claims to be a Christian that ain't doing Christian stuff it makes it even more hard and here's what I want you to be thinking about for all of us see I want you to avoid things like this and I've heard I've even said it but like things like I feel. When you're talking about things of God, right? When we're talking about what God says. I feel like God wants me to, or I feel like God would want you to be, or I feel like God wants us to, I, I think, right? God says for us to, I think God would want it. Well, in my opinion, God as this or if you ask me or I'm sure God would want you here's what I want us to do I want us to avoid all that say approach life this way God said Jesus did don't say what would Jesus do I think Jesus would doesn't matter what did Jesus do what did Jesus say See, Christ said, those who love me, obey me, right? We got to know what to obey, amen? Study scripture in order to obey so that we can approach life saying, God said this. Father, we love you. and We thank you a whole bunch, man. We thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful time this morning. Thank you for this church and the hand that you have 
you've just the blessing you you have given us, man, it's it's incredible. Blows people's minds. It blows our minds. But God, we are also praying that we reach more folks. That we we go and we, man, we talk to our neighbors. And we're not just cold call about you, Lord, but but seriously love people. Because you're you're gonna come up in a conversation. May we not force it, but also may we not run from it. So as we love our neighbors, as we party with our neighbors, as we as we walk and we talk with people that don't know you, God, may we just may you open up the opportunities to 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 have have a conversation. May you give us the credibility because we're not been jerks to people because they've said the F word or got drunk or sexually in sin or looked at something wrong on the internet. May we never condemn, Lord, but may we show them you the answer. And may we be prepared to do that because we know you're true. God, it's in your son's amazing and beautiful and wonderful name. All God's people said loudly, amen.